There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Lonnie, mm-hmm. in this show, we have hiking. We have camping. We have long-distance running. We have bullying at an all-girls school. Did they just invent my nightmare? They've taken all your fears and put it into one TV show. Thanks. Everything you hate about the world. Great. <laughs> I had a great time watching this. <laughs> was it triggering? Um. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> okay, cool. Let's talk about it some more, eh? Okay. Hello there, this is I Only Like You and Movies and occasionally Australian television shows we're trying to be better at this year. And aren't you glad we did that today? I mean... Aren't you glad we took on some more Australian TV to watch? The trajectory from Colin from Accounts to this, yeah. it's certainly going in a direction and I'm not <laughs> sure that direction is upwards. My name's Lonnie, by the way. Her name's Sine, and if you can... Notice our voices are a bit funny. Sinead, for some reason, decided to give me COVID after she got it herself. She wanted to share it around. I mean, I don't think that's very fair. We both contracted COVID at the mm. same time during what was fact. supposed to be a nice staycation for me, getaway for you. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, look, we made it three years, so full credit to our immune systems. It's a bit passe to get COVID in 2023, isn't it? And also, everyone thinks you've already had it, Boring. so they're like, oh, yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah. And I'm like, um, sorry, no. what? <laughs> this is my first rodeo. It's really wiped us out, hasn't it? it but has. here for the podcast, we would never not do a podcast. Our dedication no. is unmatched, and we will be having two-hour-long naps after we record this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, we have watched Bad Behaviour, um, Australian TV show. It's on stand down here and on various other apps all around the rest of the world um if you're into it if you're listening to us from elsewhere um i didn't know much about going in so i looked into it a bit further so it's based off a memoir written um by rebecca stafford and it was about her real life experience um going to one of these sort of experimental schools Mm. in the bush for a year Mm -hmm. um but then it's obviously taken some liberties and changed a few things as you do when you adapt television show now, it's four episodes long, and it's pretty well-directed, I think, and yeah, it's cool to see um, Australian stuff on TV, and we're probably about making a bit better effort this year to do that. I think, though, if it was any longer, I don't know if I would have stuck with it. Yeah. The fact that it was four episodes, I was like, oh, I can, I can do this, i got to watch a couple more after the first one. <laughs> it's so funny um, that that's our perspective, is like, oh, we can do four episodes, I'm sure we can sure. pull through. <laughs> you know, gather all our resources and make it to the end. And I think I wanted to like it a lot more because I think it's it was an intriguing premise. This sort of looking at looking at bullying in a high school situation, which we we kind of like those high school set shows. Um, unfortunately for me though, 
it's the worst thing that a piece of entertainment can be. Oh no. Which is boring. A bit not entertaining. Be boring. Yeah. Um, what's it all about today? What, what do you think? Oh God, don't get me to recap what this. Do you, what... um, <laughs> <laughs> so there's it's a... hard enough for you to have the best of times, not, not now when you're incapacitated. So there's Jo, who she goes to a boarding school set in the bush called Silver Creek. Um, and the show sort of switches between present day Jo, where she's in her early 20s, and her experiences and trying to make sense of them when she was at the boarding school, in particular her relationship with Portia, who was, hmm, they sort of had a, how would you even describe it? Bully, victim, tenuous. Psycho, psychosexual yes, sort of thing going relationship on, yeah. going on. Mm. And like for Mason, eh? Yeah. On that point. You kind of get it that she's got this weird fascination with the bully because she's attracted to her and she's, not growing up in a time or you know, it's said about 10 years ago mm. and she's in a very conservative um family so she's kind of attracted to a bully and that's um alluring but at the same time quite conflicting for her i kind of feel like that was it though and once we twig that there's some sort of mutual attraction going on here it doesn't get much deeper than that yeah i have several issues with the show <laughs> i don't even know where to start my first issue, why is everything Australian always set in the bush? Oh my god. I was thinking about this. Um, it's classic white Australian sort of thing, right? Mm -hmm. Is that we come over to this part of the world and we colonise it and we you know, basically force this, this land, not to mention the people, but the land in particular, into a European style of living, right? And then we make TV shows and write books and stuff about how scary the bush is after we sort of confined ourselves to the East Coasts and, you know, the coast all over. I hate it so but much. But we're scared of the bush, you know? Like, what's that about? We have a few international listeners on the podcast. I can see you in our um, statistics when I go into the back end. Just so you know, this isn't what most Australian lives are like. <laughs> like, it's not all bush. Like, some people live in the bush in the country, but it's... Even then, it's not as much of a thing as well, our, half our media. Half of our <laughs> population lives in three cities. Yeah. And they're massive metropolitan cities, which are quite similar to most, you know, oh, just sea cities as well. Drives me nuts. How, how much of our media is set in the bush? It's one of our defining features, I suppose. Stupid but... Australiana bullshit that I hate. Like, oh, just make a normal show. <laughs> Just be normal. Right, and that's why we like to call them from accounts because it was just a, yes. <clears throat> a rom-com essentially. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's strange though because we, we make things like Pinky Hanging Rock and those mystery road shows. Like It's all about how, how scary and how we can't tame the bush. Yeah. And this one, it's kind of, you know, it's, a, it's like a character essentially that they're out there mm. trying to grow and learn. And um, very weird though. Like, you know, they use it as a punishment but also the point is that they're in the bush learning more than they would out in a regular city i think yeah the like point at certain points to she gets them. in trouble and they're like you know what you're gonna go for a hike by yourself what a terrible way of teaching somebody i know right stay <laughs> overnight exposed in the wilderness with no survival yeah. skills probably get hypothermia and die well it's down in victoria not the warmest place in the world ridiculous yeah the other okay. thing i hate about this <laughs> hmm. 
is it falls into the trap of, oh, it's an all-girls boarding school, so everyone is gay for each other, Mm. which I do not have an issue with characters who are gay, people who are gay, do not have an issue at all. As someone who went to an all-girls school, that was lobbed at us as the pettiest playground insult that we were all gay for each other and that we, you know, that's why we went to an all-girls school and I just, I'm sure there were gay people who went to my school, but there's also gay people that go to co-ed schools and I just didn't like that because it's an all-girls school, it had to be more than friendship, it had to be this psychosexual thing, they had to all be like in love with each other sort of thing. I don't know, I didn't like that very much. No, that's fair enough. It kind of is playing into those tropes without being clever about it. Yeah. I think I think overall look the point is like we got these these girls we sort of got a flashback to when they're at school and then ten years later they they're sort of paths cross again. Mm. And it's like the girls who were bullies back then, they were roping on people to be bullies and then they've grown out of it and perhaps they didn't realize how bad their bullying was they thought it was all all fun kind of thing which i think can Mm. be true sometimes i think it's fun for bullies so they assume that their victims are in on it too yeah kind of that thing going on here a little bit not handled too too well um i think like i'm not sure what it was trying to say you know the sort of the so what question when you come to the end of it what was the point of this Okay, so the whole, we start off with a clip of Alice, who is sort of a loner in the friendship group, lighting herself on fire, right, in a dorm room. And then we're sort of trying to put the pieces together as to what's Mm. going on here and how it happened. And it is interesting that the show, in a way, explores this dichotomy of good versus bad and, um how our actions have consequences. However, I thought there might be a big reveal that like, I'm going to spoil, if you haven't read The Basic Eight by Daniel Handler, you might want to click off now. Um, I thought there was going to be that kind of twist at the end where like oh, everything that Portia did, it was Joe actually who did it because they made that horrible comment about oh, everything that happened, you were the worst of them, you know. And then mm. someone said, no, Alice never lit herself on fire. You lit her on fire. And I was waiting mm. for these pieces to be connected because they were sort of playing with memory and I was thinking, okay, we're a bit ambiguous here and maybe it turns out that Portia wasn't real or maybe it turns out that she'd, Joe had put all of her bad stuff onto Portia in terms of not taking responsibility for the awful things she did and she somehow coded that in her brain as something that someone else mm. did. But none of that happened. It was just, no. did she light almost, Alice on fire? Like, we never got an answer. Well, it's almost Baxter that the show raised those points. Yeah. And so we, you start thinking about something that could be more interesting or they hinted at it without really committing to it, which is yeah. a shame because that was interesting when those things happened. You're like, oh, what's going on here? Has she been telling herself lies to live with what mm. she did? And she got to the point where now she can't really um, clarify in her own mind what happened and what didn't. But they never follow through with it. No. It is weird, though. Like, that's a very arresting first image for a show. Mm. You know, someone self-immolating. That's that's yeah. a terrifying image and very um, heartbreaking and memorable. Well, then when it actually plays it out in the show, yeah, it's like, was it even a thing? Was no. it even that bad? She's because... fine. 
well, I don't know what's going on with these teachers because if I was a teacher and one of my students self-immolated, yeah. I probably wouldn't put her back in the same dormitory two days later. Probably not. And she's just got like a cast on her arm or something. Mm. How weird. So does that indicate that it wasn't that bad or it didn't happen or or is it just another example of these teachers being ridiculous because <laughs> it was pretty much, you know what, we're going to set up a situation of Lord of the Flies and you guys deal with it by yourself. Don't come mm. to us with your problems. I think it was a situation of the writers being like, there's more drama to be had here, so she comes back into the dormitory. Yeah. You know, obviously. And it's like, it's a cool, it's a cool first shot of the series. Yes. But it's not like deal with the consequences of it. It's almost like they work backwards from that, in a way. And mm. I haven't, we haven't read the book, so we can't say whether, you know, how much liberty no, has been taken some... in the show and, and you know, yeah. all of that. I read some reviews where it said that the book was uh, more interesting because you get into the psychology more of the characters. Mm. And I think that's true, and you know, I hate for us to like make a big thing of watching more Australian stuff and then just crapping on them, but I feel like the acting wasn't hundred percent um, perfect on this show. No, I agree. And unfortunately, I liked that the the main girl is playing Joe, Jana McKinnon. But I, I think there was a bit too much time. Maybe it's acting. Maybe it's um, directing, where it's just like her blank face. Yes. When it was quite impenetrable. I didn't feel like I could get a read on what her character was thinking at any moment. No, and then. Like, Every, every now and then she would randomly just like spit and yell in, in Alice's face mm. out of nowhere. And you're like, yeah. oh, are you good or like, what? That, that seems very inconsistent and not on purpose, you know? No, but then it's like, well, does she have a mental illness then that causes her to react so unpredictably towards other people? Or is she just a bit effed up by her no. experiences or what's what's going it's on? It's a shame when it, and it all sort of comes across as inconsistent, which is, you know, yeah. I guess that's poor directing if it doesn't all come together in one yeah. vision, I suppose. Yeah. I will I would like to say performances for me didn't really impress me too much. Um, except for that of Yaren Ha, who plays Alice. I thought yeah. she was absolutely phenomenal, especially in the modern day sequences. Um as portraying this character who has had a really traumatic high school experience, hashtag me, and trying to reckon with that but also trying to leave that part of her life behind and pursue her dreams and goals um it's interesting that we've had like two sad girls playing cellos in shows recently this and wednesday <laughs> it's quite funny um yeah, I, I, I agree i think she was probably given the least amount to work with yes ended up giving us the most which is terrific yeah a couple of things i really did like um there's the addition of a non-binary character and I really liked how the other characters interacted with them without it being an issue at all like it wasn't a plot device it wasn't a thing that anyone teased them for it was just there's a non-binary character here and that's totally fine totally and that's that's what's gonna you know trans people exist and that you can't ever deny that mm-hmm. and so I think that's why all those attempts to um not include them in modern life are going to fail because they exist. So yep. I think it was great to have a storyline where they just, yeah, they just were. And eventually, hopefully, it won't even be a thing that people will mention on podcasts in the future about exactly. it being a nice inclusion. So I hope I didn't, you know, by drawing attention to it, make it seem like it was something unusual because it shouldn't. Uh, still not worthy. I think but it's, great. it's important that it, shows and films do this and i think they handled that 
with care and compassion. They had a bit of a fucked up um, housing situation, didn't they? These roommates, they're all sort of oh, yeah. sleeping with each other and hating <laughs> on each other and like, don't tell someone as you're doing the thing you're going behind each other's back to do. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But yeah, it was, yeah, kind of interesting. What do um, you think of Fringy McFrin Fringe? <laughs> it's the worst, isn't it? The terrible fringe. I'm sorry. It's just so distracting. It's all you can think of when you look at look at her. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it was the performance or I think it was mostly the character. Every time she turned up, I was like, Ugh. it was the fringe, wasn't it? Basically, <laughs> I think it was the fringe. I just, yeah, and I don't. I just don't understand why she would reconnect with her in present day and they would embark on a sexual relationship like that just didn't seem very realistic to me um there is though that beautiful sequence at the end where i think it's in the final episode they're having this conversation on the bed and they switch to being in school uniforms mm, did you notice that that? Was cool. yeah. that was pretty cool i liked that a lot um i think it was a really cool interesting unusual decision but it sort of pulled a yeah. little bit together for me which was nice because i hadn't um, quite grown up these two people Yes, and they were having a conversation which they should have had, you know, years ago. Yeah. And also, they were speaking as their younger selves. They weren't really speaking from yeah. where they were now. And that's where Portia, the girl with the fringe, came to realize the full impact of what she'd done. Because I think she yeah. seemed to be a bully who didn't really think too much about it. Like I think once she was done bullying, she forgot about it and moved on with her life. That's why she could mean, be mean to somebody one day, next day they're friends again, and then very hot and cold. But then mm. by reading her old diaries or whatever, she was able to actually understand a bit about what she had done. Mm. We should say Markella Kavanaugh plays Portia and she was in Rings of Power, which we never got around to seeing. Mm. But um, I watched one episode. How was it? A bit boring. Okay. <laughs> She's not got a great yeah, track, run, track run so far. Mm. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh, well. She's also in the, the remake of Picnic and Hanging Rock. There you go. <laughs> this is going to cause me to get my film license absolutely revoked and lose any shred of credibility. <laughs> I hate Picnic and Hanging Rock with a burning passion, a fire of a thousand suns. Partly I think it's because we studied it in school, but partly it is the most boring movie that's ever existed in the history of the world. Like, I hate it so much and I'm very, very uninterested. I'm not even like, just like, oh, I'm not going to see it. I, I really don't want to have anything to ever do with the remake. It annoys me so much. Anyway, I apologise. I wanted to shout out to Diana Glenn as Joe's mum, Caroline, in this show. Yes. She gets a lot of shit in, in, in world, in the story line, 
seemed like she was a nice enough mum to me. Wanted to help her out. She sort of, you know, she's got a bit of a daughter who's gone through some stuff. Maybe she isn't dealing with that overall very well. But I don't know, she seemed like she had a lot of light and shade to her as a character. Yeah, I thought she did a really great job as well. She always does. I really yeah. like her and she's amazing. She was in um, Secrets and Pies, as we call it. Um, another Slap back in the day. Slap back yeah. in the day. And she was in um, Secret Life of Us with um, Deborah Mailman, who was in that. Yeah. Back in the day when we were in school. I've yeah. never seen her, but I should go back you and haven't? watch that. Oh, my gosh. I remember it being on TV. It was a bit before my time. Yes. I similarly went back and rewatched. I didn't watch it at the time. But, um, yeah, mm. that's more australian everyday life than this is but anyway um one small gripe like i haven't been griping this whole time girls do not refer to each other by surname they just don't they just Mm. don't as a girl who has been in both an all girls boarding at boarding school but i wasn't boarding but there was a boarding school component and co-ed schools it's just not a thing in australian culture to refer to each other by our surnames unless it's like a funny name or unless it's like you can riff on it yeah don't laugh at me you know what i mean <laughs> what's a funny name i don't know like um toast like if someone was called like i don't know helen toast and you're like hey toasty like that you'd probably you'd probably understand okay <laughs> no, that makes sense my rich varied um, imagination coming up with the name of Helen Toast. <laughs> but anyway, I think in for mm. boys, like men to men, I think it's very different. I think you guys do call each other by your surnames a lot. Would you like no to call me Gilly? <laughs> it's true, not for you, but you have friends who you've spoken to by the other surname, haven't yeah. you? I used to forget that what Brandon's first name actually was. We just called him Shorter. That's true, yes. Everybody did. Yeah, exactly. But that was just his name. It wasn't like it was a thing we were doing. It just was his name. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so that, that felt wrong to you? It's just not It's just not true. And it took me out of mm. it every single time. And it felt mm. so forced and fake. And mm. like people don't talk like that in real life. Honestly, really annoying. Mm. Um, I did. I've got some notes on my phone that I was making as I was watching it. And I wrote down okay. a full quote from the show. Would you like me to read that to you? Please do. <clears throat> it's exactly why I hate private schools. All girls, all schools have mean girls, but it's worse when there's money involved, when you've been told from birth that you're better. Mm. Mm. We shouldn't have them. That's how you say. So this is interesting because Lonnie, yeah, Lonnie went to public school and I went to private school. Um both decisions of which were chosen by our parents and not us, so that's their decisions to make. Um, but it's been interesting talking with each other and sharing our experiences and our perceptions of the other schools. And I very much um, believed what I was told as a child, that private schools gave you the best education, um, until I met Lonnie and he righted me, righted my wrongs. Um, but... The reason they can have good teachers is because they can pay them a shit ton of money because they're getting donors from and handouts from these corporations and companies and churches and forced religion I'm not a huge fan of and I believe that education should be free and so I'm just I'm hopping on my um soapbox at the minute. But anyway, 
my point is, I agree with that quote a lot, that the way that we spoke about children from like our peers from public schools at school was awful. And I still know people that I went to school with who still hold those beliefs about people who went to public schools. Um, and I'm sure there are opinions that you guys maybe had of private school kids as well, you know, that we were entitled and stuck up and um, I don't know. Well, the thing about private schools is that if somebody wants to go make a private school and the parents want to pay for them, that's all fine. They can, you know, I'm not going to stop them doing that. Mm. The fact that they still get money from the government is ridiculous to me. Yeah. Because we should be funding the, the state schools and every child should have an opportunity to to learn and, and be taught and have access to resources and stuff. So if you want to go do your private school, do that, but mm. get your hands out of the, the public money then if you're going to be doing that way. For sure. And I... if you're going to be getting money from the public, then you should have to have some rules about you know, not discriminating against kids who are gay, that sort of thing, which they still want to do yes or putting rules in about you know all boys schools being horrible and misogynistic to um Mm -hmm. female students just thinking of the recent wasn't recent but um thing on the train down here in melbourne of those private school boys um yeah what about the some school mm -hmm. i think it's here in brisbane they want to um stop kids who are um queer from getting leadership positions within the school yeah how are you going to stop that you're going to make kids fill out a, a whole a survey. survey about their, their <laughs> sexual preferences before you can give them a form to apply to be a school captain? Or when they're the like hell? 15, by the way, and they might not know or be still discovering that. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. But the reason I bring it up is because it's interesting in terms of the, I say clientele, um, not what I mean, but mm. the types of students that attend this boarding school in bad behavior, you know, there's not really any characters of color that i could see um like alice is there yeah but they're all she's there on a scholarship too because of how good she is she is yes but she's looked down upon because she's not of the the right sort of type of of kid who normally should be there she's very clearly there on a scholarship yes and well joe's there on a scholarship as well um and that sort of explored a little bit more but I, i the reason i bring it up is that i i would have liked a bit more um dissecting of that privilege and understanding that you know there is a little bit i guess in joe's conversations with her mother about how much she sacrificed to send her to this school that mm. isn't, it's not a school like what are they doing anyway i think they're just in academy they? <laughs> class they're just doing crazy dares and camping oh god it sounds like my abs- literal nightmare look it's, it's bad enough for a week at year 10 camp or whatever they're doing it for a whole year. Lonnie, the horror stories I have about camp. Oh, are my they, God. Are they a year behind everyone else when they go back to Melbourne and it's like they haven't learned <laughs> calculus and don't know what's going on the French Revolution because all, all year was doing a bloody cross-country run? But they learned about themselves, Lonnie, and they wrote letters to themselves in the future and they know how to make a campfire. I mean, that's fine. Do it for a week or two, but then go to real school. I would not have survived. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Day two. Day two, you've been out of there. I'm out of there. I'm off. What about them when they're in the dining hall, right? And oh, they yes. make fun of the slushy because there's mm-hmm. one of the person who has to come around and do the food for the day. But then you gonna be the, the slushy the next day, so why are you joining in on the person on yeah, I never... bullying the person? How ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And I think it would have been one of those things that 
I would have thought was ridiculous at the time as well. Because um, mm. I'm pretty sure they had a similar thing with the boarding school mm. aspect of my school. But, mm. man, I hated school. It was not a fun time for me. You had a great school experience, like on the whole. Built different, I guess. You know what the difference is? Not being bullied 24-7 from sun up to sundown. Some of us just have... We're born leaders. Right, I see. Sorry, did you want to just drop something into conversation now? Like, um, it just seems like... Isn't it something about a legal award or some sort of leadership thing you had? Oh, yeah, too many to talk about, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to point out that um, this was directed by Corrie Chen, this whole series. Mm. Um, and she directed New Gold Mountain, which we watched a couple of years ago. Oh, Not yeah, yeah, yeah. Other things, but yeah, that's one of her things. I think it was well directed, to be honest, this whole It was really well series. directed. I just didn't like it. <laughs> I think that's where I no. landed. And I think we didn't get much more that we didn't know by about halfway through episode one. Agree. For an extra couple of... Yep. I don't think this is going to put us off watching Australian things, and it shouldn't. You know, we're, we've committed to doing this. Absolutely. <laughs> we, we, um... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you okay? Was that about this we or ha- about your COVID? We have committed. We've committed. Yeah, we yep. But I think it'd be worse if we were to just say, oh, they're all good and go watch them just because they're Australian. I think we should treat them on their own merits, which we're doing. Absolutely. Um, I am keen is that new show called Totally Completely Fine, which is coming out like very soon on Stan. It's got Thomason. Um, oh, yes, he's on Mackenzie, yeah. Yeah, Thomas Mackenzie from various high-profile Last night, so um, her... movies, last couple of years, yeah. Um, Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. That looks cool. Give that a go. Hmm. Yeah, it's a bunch coming out. So, I mean, was it worth it, Lonnie, doing this? Also, why do episodes feel so long? They it was a bit of a slog. It know. was, yeah, I know. What are you going to rate it? Jeez. Oh, what a question, Sunday. As if you're surprised, podcast. yeah, that we land here every week. Um... Probably one and a half stars. Seems a bit mean, but... I think so, too. Yeah. I'm going to give a whole star for Alice and... Um, yeah. Yaren's performance. Honestly, um, you can watch the first episode and you get it, so... Yeah, you get it. You know. I don't know why. Can you remind me? There was something I watched recently. Maybe it was New Gold Mountain. And you were like, this seems like a thing that would be played in like a year 10 English class. Yeah, I think it was in that show. Yeah. So this, right? So does this. Oh, my God. And I can't believe it's the same director. Mm, wow. Entertainment. Yeah, that's what it felt like. It felt like I'm supposed to be learning from this Australian-made yeah. thing rather than enjoying it and relaxing for entertainment. Yeah. Anyway. Don't so. be a bully, is what I say. Just get over it, honestly. Yeah. It's fine. I'm in it's therapy really, now. I I talk about it every week. (laughs) But it's really hard, though. If someone wants to be a bully, like, how do you tell them not to be a dickhead and stop doing this, stop hurting people? Because, like, you kind of have to want to not be a bad person at some certain points, you know? Yes. I've thought about this a lot, though, and about the role of teachers and particular moments during my bullying journey um, that were witnessed by teachers 
who said mm-hmm. nothing, who did yeah. absolutely nothing. And I know that there's a very difficult line there to draw about how much they step in and how much they let us live our own lives and have our own experiences. But I think there is a stage there that requires adult intervention. And yes. I think that stage was also reached in this show. And I don't think yeah. the inter- well the interventions they did weren't helpful or appropriate and did not do anything to solve or resolve the behavior. So they may as well have not even bothered. Well, there's a one point where they all the girls yell at the, te- the female teacher mm-hmm. who's a slut and yep. they just yell at her. And there's no repercussions. No. I don't really understand that. Because she was shamed. They're disjointed. Because she, so. she was still a girl who went there, you know, and mm. she was, I think, in that moment transported back to her what, 14-year-old self where she was being bullied by the bullies. Um, mm. It's also the moment where they go in and steal all the alcohol and stuff and the principal's there being mm. like, you've got to tell me what you're doing. Okay. Like, yeah, it's not really mm. doing much though. Maybe what yeah, I'm saying is... Maybe the memoir is better because it's just, you know, mm. introspective and looking back on it rather than just depicting it. For sure. And also, maybe don't send children out to be completely isolated in the bush. Maybe have some mental health professionals around or people that they can talk to or, I don't know, any contact with the outside world to keep a balanced level head mm. so that everything that's happening right in that little tiny bubble doesn't feel like the end of the world. You know? Yeah, that's true. Anyway. All right, well, that's what I was talking about, bad behavior. As we've said, we're trying to watch more Australian stuff because we realized in the last year we hadn't watched nearly anything. So watch Elvis, that's good. But we're trying to <laughs> be more of an effort to um, watch these things because it's you know, part of our culture and we, we should mm-hmm. be supporting it. Um, I probably wouldn't go racing out to see this, but if you're on stand, you've got a spare afternoon, watch your first episode at least. If you haven't had um, high school trauma, maybe you'll like it. Maybe it'll be like an insight mm. into, you know, another side of schooling that you didn't have. I'm very jealous of you if you are those people. But I'm pleased well, for mate, you. I, in some ways, I kind of wish it was just set in Melbourne when they were, like, talking about their previous lives, but that's a yeah. different travel together, I guess. So, I that felt very much more like Why You Like This-esque. Or mm. even, um, what's the really famous one set in Brisbane? Uh, we watched it. Uncle Sly, is that what you mean? No. 48 Shades of Brown. Yes, that's it. 48 Shades of Brown. Is that not set in Bridge? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I meant. Yeah. That felt more like that to me. Yeah, yeah the Nick Oswald. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. We do have other things that we've watched from Australia in our back catalogue, <laughs> so please. You can go oh, my God. That. that sounds like the weakest thing. <laughs> Other, we do. We do so, well, what? Name another thing. New Gold Mountain. Yeah. Uh, Newsreader. Oh, yes. That was a good one. Yeah. And it's coming back this year. Colin from Accounts. Fairly recently. Colin from Accounts. Um, the Dry we watched. Did we do a podcast on that? I think so. Did we? Surely. You may be that coming out too. <laughs> the Dry name. So, that. Is it? <laughs> God, for one second, I was like... <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're still on the socials at this stage, at least. Twitter still seems to be existing, but it's probably on its last legs, isn't it? For me? It's not working properly. I don't even know if my scheduled tweets are going out. I've become a bit more like loosey goosey on there as well and just completely mm. unhinged. So um, that okay. can be fun. That's good. You know, Get amongst that. Hmm. Um, but 
looking at doing some other thing like Substack or something, but it's kind of hard to know what what will be around, what will exist. But you know, still on here, still you can still tell your friends to follow us on the podcast because we'll be doing that until the day we die. So yeah, it's funny. I was just editing a podcast where you said the exact same thing. You said you you wanted to die during the recording of a podcast. You did. Who's going to edit it, I guess, is my question now. Yeah. To my past self. That's a good point. Maybe it should be a live podcast. Maybe. Yeah. All right. Uh, Bye. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Still alive. For now. No, don't say that. Because then if you die, oh my God, they'll use that in evidence in court that I've murdered you. They 100% will, won't they? And they'll be like, she admitted it on the podcast. She's been recording. You did. I didn't. We're in different states. That's not possible. Oh my God, they're doing a warning by a pick this year. Okay, I'm stopping recording now. Okay. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.